Hey there, welcome back to The Truth Is Somewhere, where we talk about conspiracy theories and other things in that vein. Megan, what are we talking about today? First, I wanted to say we're sorry that we missed you last week. We I are. know. Oh, sorry, I bumped that. <laughs> I know. I had a few of you reach out to me and essentially express um, that you didn't know what to do with your lives for that Wednesday. So I apologize that we missed you, but we had an important wedding type event to go to. Yeah. It just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't. So now we're back, and today we're going to talk about the Village of the Dead, so get ready. Uh, uh, people die. People die, or they don't die. Mmm, debatable. Not sure. We're not sure? We're not sure what happened. It's a mystery. Wait, how long ago did this happen? In 1930. They're, They're probably dead. dead now, but, They're dead. but at the Conspiracy time, they were closed. <laughs> so in November of 1930, uh, sorry, I bumped that, <laughs> Canadian fur trapper Joe LaBelle made his way into an Inuit village on Lake Anjikuni looking for shelter for the night. LaBelle had been in the village before and expected to find bustling with activity as it was known as a busy fishing village. However, what he found was an eerily quiet village devoid of its usual signs of life. Okay. Uh, none of the chimneys had smoke, but LaBelle did notice a fire in the distance. Upon getting to the fire, he realized that the fire had apparently been abandoned and the stew warming above it was blackened. Wow. Yeah. LaBelle searched through the village huts expecting to find signs that the inhabitants had packed up and moved their lives. But what he found instead were huts fully stocked with food and weapons and even moldy remnants of meals left half-eaten. Even the large storehouse for fish was left full. That's really interesting that the food was molded, mm -hmm. but the fire that was nearby was, was charred. still going. Which means, yeah. yeah, with, it was with like, burnt still food, which means that yeah. somebody was there recently, recently and then they also got up and left. Yeah. Um, so, uh... The, even the storehouse for their fish, that mm -hmm. was full, too. Like, full food. All the houses full of food. Weapons. Everything. Okay. Um, there were no signs of a struggle, and LaBelle knew that the villagers never would have left without their parkas, weapons, and at least some of the food stores were they to migrate to make a new village elsewhere. Like, sure. why would you leave without all of your, your stuff? Burn the houses down. Take the nails. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Um... So LaBelle made his way to a telegraph office and sent off an emergency message to the closest barracks for the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. They're on Moose, right? Yes, Moose. Okay, just ah, wanted to... Moose. That's what Moose do? <laughs> yeah, just like that. Wah! Uh, so I'm going to refer to them as the RCMP later, because I don't want to keep saying it. So RCMP. What does that stand for again? Just Royal gonna... Canadian Mounted Police. RCMP. RCMP. Standing by. Several hours later, a group of Mounties met LaBelle at the telegraph office, and he was able to explain what he had found in the village. Mm -hmm. The Mounties set off for the village and ended up stopping at, to rest at a, the home of Armand Laurent. And the Mounties explained what they were, where they were going and asked Laurent and his two sons if they had seen anything strange. Okay. Because you do. Obviously. And at this point, the family explains that they had seen a gleaming object in the sky a few days prior. Oh. Uh -huh. And they said that the object started out in a cylinder shape, but changed into a bullet shape before heading off towards the village. Okay. So, so right off the bat, we've got aliens. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right off mm -hmm. the bat. Waste no time. A little bit of, uh, 
little bit of witch power flying around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Mounties were able to confirm the story LaBelle told of the oddly abandoned village, but they made an even more sinister discovery as they investigated the outskirts of the town. Okay. Many, or all, depending on the Mountie giving the statement, so there were, like, differing mm-hmm. stories between the Mounties. Okay. Um, of the graves in the village's burial ground had been opened and emptied. Oh. Yeah. Other reports state that it was actually only a single grave. Hmm. And either way, a body or bodies were removed, and in the Inuit culture, it is extremely taboo to desecrate or disturb a grave. Okay. Uh, so it's really unlikely that the Inuits of the village would have done this themselves. So probably a grave robber. Well, but what gets even stranger about this is that um, the ground around the graves were frozen so solid that it was, like, hard as rocks. So, like, how did anybody dig those graves out? That's true. Doesn't make any sense. And then also the stones that were, like, the markers of the graves were stacked neatly on either side, so it wasn't an animal. Mm-hmm. So that's weird. I don't know an animal that can... Dig through rock? Uh, well, frozen land. Well enough to dig out a body. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe well enough to bear? get into it. Yeah. Nah, I mean, their calls aren't really made for that. Oh, snow, digging snow, but digging frozen rock, no. Yeah. I mean, there might be an animal out there, kind of badger-like, that could, that could dig through it, but they're not going to dig a... So grave open. My other question is, what if those graves were dug when the ground wasn't frozen, and then they were just left open like that, and then w- it froze? I was thinking that, but I knew that if I asked the question, you wouldn't have the answer. No, I don't have the answer. <laughs> because this, Maybe. Is, this is what the Mounties discovered, and they just assumed. But, right? but you would think that you would think that the dirt would fall differently, whether it was frozen, or whether it was true i don't know i wasn't there and i wasn't looking at it we're just going off of what mounties have said and apparently all the mounties saw something different so yeah okay (laughs) not very helpful i know um the mounties organized a search party quickly to see if they could track where the villagers had gone but no additional clues regarding the whereabouts of the villagers were found during the search but something else was oh seven sled dog carcasses were found roughly 300 feet away from the edge of the village Hmm. Pathologists stated that the dogs had died of starvation and were subsequently buried by snowdrifts where they lay. Okay, so, so when are they searching? Is it still it's still all cold and snowy? I would imagine. Still November. So they yep. they dug the snow out and saw the dogs. Yes. Okay, so they're they're doing they're lifting every rock, yeah, moving every snowflake. Feet, yeah. Twelve feet of snow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's crazy. So it's, what's really weird is that they died of starvation, but the village was fully stocked with food. So why would those seven dogs have died of starvation? And some accounts say those dogs were tied to trees, so that explained why they didn't hunt for themselves. Mm-hmm. But LaBelle still found food burning over a fire when he stumbled upon the village, so the mass disappearance had to have happened relatively recently, meaning yeah. either the villagers intentionally starved those seven dogs and left them there before they were getting ready to up and disappear, mm-hmm. or the dogs starved to death in like a really small amount of time. Well, yeah. And it doesn't make sense that they would have allowed, like, those dogs are invaluable. Yeah, and if they were to say that those dogs had starved to death, I would imagine they would have been... The only way I could walk up to a scene and go, yep, those dogs starved to death is if they were emaciated. Which is what I'm assuming happened. Right. Because pathologists said they starved to death, so I'm, like... It's a reasonable assumption that a pathologist knows what the fuck they're talking about, right? Sure. Reasonable assumption. I'm not 100% sure what a pathologist is, but uh, I'll agree with you. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Mounties spent two weeks investigating and came to the conclusion that the villagers had left two months prior. 
They based this off of some berries they found in one of the cooking pots. So if the Inuits really left two months before LaBelle stumbled in, who was responsible for the fire? Yeah. Like, weird. Could it not have been someone who was in the area that maybe didn't want to get associated with it? Like, maybe it was it? another fur trapper, and they were like, oh, somebody's coming. Someone's coming. Away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's for sure a good chance. I think that's for sure a good chance. Yeah. yeah. That's like 100% a possibility. Yes, 100% a possibility. <laughs> I have no answers. Uh-huh. It's kind of the nature of what we do. We have no answers. Or this wouldn't be a prevailing mystery. It works 60% of the time. So. Every time. <laughs> We're going to continue on to some of the theories. Oh, okay. Um, the first and most obvious theory is aliens. Aliens, of because course. Because the Laurents saw some strange, unidentified flying object that first looked like a cylinder and then looked like a bullet, and it went speeding off in the direction of the lake. I really think I want to get a soundboard. So, like, you can say aliens, then I can hit the button, and it goes... Why don't you just be the soundboard and you can just I just did little... it. <laughs> yeah, there I just you go. Did it. So you just you just pretend to hit a button and make the silly noises. Oh, I have to pretend to hit the button. Well, that just seems <laughs> silly. Or don't even pretend to hit a button at all. Just make the silly noises. Well, I did, didn't I? You did, uh-huh. but you announced it before you did it. So you should just make that a habit. Hey, it is a dream of mine that I don't have to make the silly noises myself. It I is, have a button that does it for me. It is a dream of ours. If hey, I am Patreon. Not, <laughs> if I am not a... Uh, warm-blooded american that just wants to make my life easier then what am i (laughs) then what am i Uh, okay so aliens you were saying aliens i mean that that's pretty much it i was like my first thought process went oh yeah human zoos again human zoos well that makes sense they're like we don't want your weird furry running things things. No, no 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 we want you yeah you'd be more interesting in a in a zoo yes much more interesting. Mm-hmm. I think we probably would be much more interesting in a zoo, honestly, than I we mean, are now. We'd probably be more interesting in our own zoos, truthfully. I mean, we might. I, it's, I don't know. It's a seems... morbid thought, of course. But what do you think is more interesting in a zoo? A lion laying down on the ground? Or a human laying down on the ground? Or a <laughs> human that might be trying to figure out how to get out? Have you ever seen a lion go after a little kid on the other side of glass? pretty funny yeah i imagine a human would be pretty funny too if you saw him pick up tools and start banging at the wall (laughs) (laughs) okay all right fine um labelle believed that the villagers had an unfortunate run-in with the quote here the eskimos evil spirit torn rark didn't uh isn't eskimo like not a term we're supposed to use anymore yeah i think which is why i, I said think. i'm quoting here oh okay so you're quoting them i'm okay. quoting what he the eskimo said. what the the eskimo's evil spirit tone torn rark torn rark where, where's that torn rark well the problem is is that this is this is a bastardization what he okay. said was okay. not the correct word the inuit peoples do have an evil spirit called torn gar sook okay so people think that he was just like he knew enough about them to know that there was something that started with a torn and then mm-hmm. just, like, yeah, got yeah. it wrong. You probably butchered it, too. I probably did. I apologize yeah. if there's anyone, anyone <laughs> who happens to be of Inuit descent listening yeah. to this. I don't I don't know how to pronounce it. We this. don't mean to butcher your gods, nor do we mean to insult mean to... you by calling you Eskimos. I was only quoting what somebody else had said. Yes. I was only quoting what somebody else had said. Um... 
Anyway, according to Inuit legends, Torngarsuk is a powerful sky deity that leads a legion of malevolent spirits. Mm -hmm. Supposedly invisible to all but Inuit shamans, Torngarsuk would sometimes appear in animal form. So supporters of the theory that the, vil uh, that the villagers ran afoul of Torngarsuk believe that the villagers thought the sled dogs were actually the great devil in disguise. Which is why... But the sled dogs are dead. Yes, but that would be why they starved them. They allowed oh, them to die. Okay. They were like, you're a demon! I get it. To I all seven yeah. of them and then tied them up to trees and just left them you're there. You're possessed. Maybe the dogs started freaking out because of the aliens. Maybe. And they just assumed they were possessed by the great devil. I mean, he is a... There was a sky god. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they, maybe the Laurents saw the sky god. Maybe they sky were deity, shamans. The malevolent sky deity. That's true. I don't maybe. have a sound effect for gods. <laughs> no. no. No, I don't. I think if I did, that would be even more insulting. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this one's ridiculous. I'm just going to come out and say it. It's ridiculous. Somebody was watching a little too much horror movie. Mm -hmm. Other theories point to the idea that the whole... Um, oh, no, that's the wrong one. Huh. <laughs> Others believe that the village vampires. fell victim, yes, to vampires. Yes! Yes! That's what I was hoping for, vampires. Since that area of Canada is very far north yeah. and deals with prolonged darkness, mm -hmm. some people believe that vampires found it to be a gracious home and then attacked the entire village... I want to suck your blood. It's nighttime all day. I mean, just like... Fucking... Stop 30 days of nighting that shit. Hey, you know what? That movie had great potential. I think it was a comic <laughs> book first, but either way, it had great potential. Yeah, it failed to die, in my personal opinion. But uh, it was there. I would like to say... If vampires are dead and cold-blooded... Would they not freeze? I don't know. If it's below freezing, what's keeping them warm? I don't know. Uh, I mean, Movement that, keeps that, you warm, but that is that gets enough? That the argument of whether or not they actually have a circulatory system anymore. Or like, if it, blood is actually circling for them anymore. Whether it is or isn't, it is undisputable vampire lore that they are cold. Sure, but sometimes and they don't they're produce like heat. rocks. Like, rocks are cold, but rocks don't die and just what, because it's cold outside. What's like rocks? They are, like, hard, like rocks. In what? When, <laughs> what are they hard, like rocks Usually in? only in smut, but... <laughs> oh. See, see why they would be hard, like rocks in smut, though? It's very, it's very convenient. Well. Anyway, like, but... N Let's change the subject. <laughs> we don't know enough... About vampires because about our they vampire don't overlords. fucking exist. We don't know enough about our vampire overlords. As much as I love vampires and vampire films and vampire myths and vampire TV shows, they don't exist. This 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 village was not attacked by vampires, and if vampires did exist, it would more than likely have been a very bloody attack, and there was no blood or signs of struggle. So, not vampires. End of story. Unless they were skilled. No, not vampires in the story. <laughs> or is it the start of a story? Oh, maybe. Um, and then there's one more theory, uh, and there was not a whole lot about this one, so it gets, like, an honorable mention, that it points to the idea that the whole village got transported to another dimension. I don't know how, but they just did, and mostly supporters of this theory point to other large disappearances, like Roanoke, mm -hmm. uh, and... 
They feel that another dimension makes the most sense in terms of what happened to all of those people. Maybe. Or they found a wormhole. A, um, what are they called? The vortex. Oh, yeah. When we talked about vortexes. Like ley lines and stuff, and they just like... But I think those... Aren't those in the sky? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But still, maybe... Just maybe. Somebody wished upon them. Maybe. Wait, that is that copywritten? Can I do that? <laughs> I don't know. Put it in. Uh, according to most resources, the first news report of this event was printed in a Manitoba newspaper on November 28, 1930. Mm-hmm. One day later, another was printed in the Halifax Herald by special correspondent Emmett E. Kelleher. Uh, and that one drew a lot of public interest. And then supposedly in January of 1931, the commissioner of the RCMP released an investigation of the event by Sergeant J. Nelson. Mm-hmm. Nelson concluded that the entire episode was a sensationalized hoax made up by special correspondent Emmett E. Kelleher. Oh, okay. That didn't happen at all. So there's a chance a that thing. this isn't even real. Oh, it gets more interesting than that. Oh, okay. Um, so you're saying there isn't a chance? There is. Mm-hmm. There is. But it gets interesting. Um, I actually became a good researcher for this one. Oh, so I can ask you a question? Maybe. Mm, Okay, keep going. Um, so after a few months in the limelight, the case joined the stacks of unsolved Canadian mysteries and was pretty much buried. And then in 1959, journalist and author Frank Edwards wrote about the story in his book, Stranger Than Science. Mm -hmm. Edwards was a reputable journalist and generally avoided sensationalism and was never accused of making up a story. Oh. Until this one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He wanted his big, uh, his big moment. So, remember how I told you that in 1931, the RCMP came out and said that the whole thing was made up by Emmett K. E. Kelleher? No. Really? We, yes, I of course I did. You. I made okay. that comment about okay. it being potential. Oh, so the whole thing's made up, I said? Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. now, if you go to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police website, uh-huh. they say that the whole story was made up by Frank Edwards in 1959. Oh, so the guy who made it up, who said it was made up, made it up. Wait, Frank, that's Frank Edwards, right? Frank Edwards wrote about it in 1959. Oh. But in 1931, the RCMP Wait, so, said that Emma Kelleher made it up. So and now they say that the guy, guy in 1959 made it up. Made it up. Wait, that even though clearly they had talked about it in 1931. It gets better. Uh-huh. It gets better. Oh, please. Okay, ready? We're gonna keep going. So, no, but you can really go to their website and look it up, and they're like, this is a hoax. This is not a thing. We're, we're pretty sure we can track it back to this guy. And it in was made up. In 1959. In 1959. And it was made up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, this is where me being a good researcher for once actually comes in. Yeah. I wanted to see if I could find the original news articles. Okay. Because I was like, well, if they originally said that it was made up by this guy in 1930... Mm-hmm. But now they say it was made up by this guy in 1959. Maybe like, you can find something in 1930. What was it? So I'm like, well, okay. So I know I know that there was a report printed in a Manitoba newspaper on November 28th of 1930. And then on November 29th, the Halifax Herald came out with that special correspondent piece from Emmett E. Kelleher. Mm-hmm. So I went through and looked for them. Okay. They don't exist. Oh. Yep, they don't exist. Um... But what does exist, what does actually exist, is an original article from 1930 from a Virginia newspaper called The Bee. Oh, The Danville Bee. That's what you, uh... That's what I had you pull up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that article did actually talk about this 
and in 1930, and it was written by Kelleher. Oh. So it wasn't in the Halifax Herald, it was in the Danville Bee. Okay. Written by special correspondents Emmett E. Kelleher. In 1930. In 1930. So. So there's no way that the guy that wrote about it in 1959 made, made it up. up. Because there's definitely a newspaper article about it from 1930. Yeah. Vanished Eskimo tribe gives North mystery stranger. Gives. Yeah. Gives North mystery stranger than fiction. fiction. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a real article. That's a real article from The Bee, Danville, Virginia, Thursday, November 27th, 1930. That's pretty cool. Right? Mm-hmm. So, super interesting. Um, the Halifax Herald article doesn't exist. They had pictures in 1930 in their newspapers? I mean, you can clearly see that these are yeah. scanned. Like They did. Wow, that's just yeah. crazy. That's, that's really good. Look at this. They've got this picture over that. Yeah, like, it does look really good. It's impressive. We'll post it for you guys so you can see it. Yeah. Um... So the, the article in the Halifax Herald doesn't exist, mm-hmm. but the guy who supposedly wrote the one in the Halifax Herald wrote this one that's in the Danville Bee. Okay. The one in the Manitoba newspaper, which has a French name that I'm not even going to try to butcher, also does not exist. Hmm. What's really weird about this, though, is that um, in 1976, there was an article written in Fate magazine about the missing village, and it was written by Dwight Wallen. And he cites, literally cites, the newspaper article from the Halifax Herald, written oh. by Emmett Kelleher. Okay. Which doesn't exist. So where he got this citation, I have no clue. Hmm. Because the article exists, it just isn't, it doesn't exist in that paper. So you think this is another um, government cover-up? You tell me. That's exactly, that's what I wrote. I was like, government cover-up? You tell me. I don't know. But like... Clearly, what's weird... Okay, and then the other thing I will admit is that I also looked for the original RCMP, mm-hmm. like, report that was saying, oh, this was all made up by this special correspondent. Okay. That doesn't seem to exist either. Now, that could be, if we're gonna go with the um, government cover-up theory, it doesn't exist because they pulled it. Mm-hmm. Because now they're going with the idea that Edwards made it up and not Kelleher made it up. Sure. Right? Okay. So... But then that begs the question, why? Like, why not just leave it under the original article? Like, this guy made it up in 1930. This was made up. Why take it and change it and say this was made up in 1959? Especially when, no offense, you can pretty easily track down the other, some other form of evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're no private eye. Yeah. So, if you can find it, I'm sure anybody worth their salt can find it. Yeah, it wasn't that hard. I mean, there, there was some Googling and there was definitely some, like... Because there are a lot of places that will just tell you nothing exists. Mm-hmm. Like, I went through so many websites that were like, nope, nothing, none of this exists, none of this exists, this doesn't exist, it's all made up. And I was like, well, damn. Like, I was really hoping to find something. And then I did find one website that was like, none of this exists, and then was like, oh, wait. Hmm. There might be something. So, do you think maybe that that picture could have been photoshopped? It could have been, but the one site that I, vi- I visited was, like, it came from, like, a big library that had a whole bunch of, like, microfilms. hmm So, I don't think it's a fake article. 
I think that the article itself appeared because otherwise, why would it be on the like the microfilm? Sure, but I, I mean, think you are it's taking possible, someone else's word for that. I but. don't know if the B was possibly at that time like the National Enquirer. I don't know what that caliber of that yes. that periodical was. Yeah, sure. I don't I know what the caliber was. Mm-hmm. I do, like. I certainly doubt that it was like peer reviewed, like great journalism, mm-hmm. but. Still, something I mean, existed. Is so journalism you, you today peer-reviewed? <laughs> sure, but you can't, like, you can't go with the idea that Edwards in 1959 made this up if there was something in a newspaper in 1930. I agree. So I that's agree. my whole, that's the only thing, like, yes, it's very interesting, like, where did these people go? Because it's all weird that they mm-hmm. left everything. Like, right. Because, so, it's estimated that there were 25 or 30 people living there. The RCMP says there's no way that there were 25 or 30 people living there in November because, uh-huh. like, the weather was really harsh and awful, and, like, it could not have sustained that many people that far north. Okay. Whatever. I don't know. And then there was, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that has to do with the way that LaBelle explains some things and how it appears in Edwards's book, and they talk about, like, a, a certain kind of kayak being at the lake. Uh-huh. And those kayaks never would have been that far inland, apparently. They should have been out, like, near the ocean. Okay. So that doesn't make sense. And then they talk about um, that the kayaks were wave-worn, but that didn't make sense either because the lake was frozen. Mm -hmm. And then there was something else about um, LaBelle saying that the people wore seal skin, but the lake was landlocked. Okay. So, like, where did they get the seals? Because they were really far inland. So I don't know if it's just that these are, like, they have migrated really far inland and they've been, like, bringing the seal skin with them and, like, passing it down from person to person. which Because it's really warm, so you want to use that, right? Like, seal Mm -hmm. skin is, like, legit. I wouldn't know, but I would imagine. So there's that question of, like, was LaBelle just full of shit and he was, like, looking for 15 minutes of fame? Sure. And maybe that means that the Danville B article was a bunch of shit because he's looking for 15 minutes of fame. Right, right. I don't know. But what all seems very strange when you come right... It's all very strange that they just disappeared. I don't know why they disappeared. There's truly no answers if they disappeared. They might not have ever existed. But what is weird to me is that there was definitely an article in a newspaper in 1930, and then it was written about again in 1959, and the Canadian government is like, Oh no, this was made up in 1959. It yeah. couldn't have been. Couldn't have been. And like, it wasn't that hard for me to find it, so what's wrong with the Canadian government that they can't find it? Well, so what I'm questioning is how legitimate is the one you found? Sure, maybe because, it's not. Because they did say they got it from, you know, microfilm or wherever, mm-hmm. but they just said that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe they have a reference to where you can go see that microfilm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think that it has to be in a librarian person. Well, I would yeah. imagine. So. Yeah, or you'd have to get permission from a librarian. Yeah. Um, a lot of um, that microfilm was all being converted to digital, too. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe in the near future, this will be something that'll be public record online. Yeah. Maybe it won't be. Maybe it will disappear. Maybe it will. Maybe it never actually existed and someone photoshopped it. Maybe. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, I I think that it's more likely with the, with the weaved tale that you've 
told me that it's more likely that the 1930, 31, mm -hmm. uh, 30. 1930 article actually existed. Mm -hmm. But... Maybe it's just because it got lost. Like, it got lost in the shuffle. And then the it didn't, like... This didn't gain a lot of attraction until Edwards wrote about it in 1959. So yeah, RCMP's just like, look, we know about this book. It's made up. Yeah, that's true. It's potential. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know otherwise. I just think that the dots seem to add up and the RCMP is saying that some of those dots aren't there. Right. So it does make me wonder, like, if the village never existed... How did this get so much traction in the first place? Well, because you write about a, you write about something sensational. Yeah. 25 people disappear. disappear without a trace. Yeah. Without a trace. And Food left. If, if the village did exist and these people actually disappeared, like, what the fuck happened to them? Because literally just food and everything left behind, food and weapons, those are not things you just leave behind. That makes me think that it's fake. Sure. It leads me to believe that it's fake, because more than likely... Yeah, but it's so much more interesting if Of it's course. Not. They were abducted by aliens. Yeah, if they they were in human zoos until they died. Right, or they all became vampires and walked away. Maybe. Maybe that's what they did. Maybe that's Maybe what they happened. converted a bunch of vampires. All of my friends are vampires. Don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I just... I think you're probably right that this whole thing is oh, just this, like, huge, I converted you. huge, elaborate, fake scam. But, like, as I was researching this and I, I found the Danville B article, I was mm -hmm. like, oh, oh, like, it's a government cover-up. Like, even I was, like, a little bit excited where I was like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, this is probably all just, like, super sensationalized, made up for no reason. I mean, maybe it was written in that early 1930 mm -hmm. uh, article, but... The government was like, look, this article is gaining way too much traction. We know it's a bunch of hoopla. Right. So let's just get rid of it. We'll just bury it. And then we'll bury this, it. this guy, Edwards, comes up, like, finds it and is mm -hmm. like, this is a great story. Right. But what's strange is that, like, he wasn't known for sensationalism or making anything up. Like, this is the first time he's ever been accused of that. Well, maybe he thought he was finding a government conspiracy and he, maybe he needed did. to maybe he he was pull it back up to the it. surface. He was like, I'm not going to let the government... Well, and if it's, if it's a government cover-up, then what if, like, the government got rid of that village? Like, because we know, like, mm -hmm. both Canada and America have very um, gross pasts when it comes to indigenous peoples. It's true. Here's the real question. What's there now? Nothing. Nothing is there now. There's not even, like, an indication that a village used to be there. Interesting. Nothing's there now. Yeah. So... I guess, then why would they get rid of them? I don't know. They didn't well, put a parking lot there. No, but, I mean, in 1930, I mean, are they, they had put a parking lot there? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe. I mean, they were really far north. Maybe they just wanted to rid... Place to tie your horse. Maybe they just wanted to rid... The lands the for lands potential from, use. From, from indigenous peoples. It's true. Did they ever check in the lakes? No, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they drilled a hole and stuck everybody in the hole in the lake. Well, that was a real morbid way to end this. Mysteries solved. Not solved at all. No. <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, besides drilling a hole, I mean, drilling a hole in a frozen lake. I was thinking drilling a hole at the bottom of the lake. I was like, that's difficult, especially for 1930. No, you know, but, but like ice fishing was a thing. So like they made a hole in the in the lake. Those bodies would have come up when, when the things would have warmed, you know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, they would have come somewhere, unless nobody lived there and bears ran off with the bodies. But... Well, nobody did live there. Yeah, okay, well, who knows? But then there's also the red herring of the empty grave or graves. I don't know. The whole thing's kind of a red herring. All of it just makes no sense. In well, the beginning when you were talking about the empty graves, I thought, okay, well, maybe if it was a bunch, some grave robber. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, few, sure, same thing. And then I thought, well, there's only one. Well, then maybe it was a grave robber who rave, uh, dug up the grave mm-hmm. and then was like, oh, these people got nothing. Yeah. Steel skits, gross. Yeah, yeah. I'm out of here. Um, but otherwise, I don't know. I think, I think, in my opinion, it's one of two things. Mm-hmm. More than likely, I think it was a hoax. Yeah. Or it was a government cover-up. I'm like 57% it was a hoax. <laughs> it was a hoax, yeah. 43% government cover-up. Just because government cover-up sounds more interesting. Yeah. And I think if the go- it's not unlikely that the government would get rid of indigenous people. Or yeah. even, it could have it could have been something as simple as uh, maybe some of those indigenous people came into the local town, angered some people, the police and a mob went out there, mm-hmm. hung them, and was like, oh crap. And the government was like, Shh. Yeah. We're going to act like this didn't happen because no, totally. those people don't have records anyways. That's, that's something that, like, Happened. that is not a far stretch of the imagination. I know. Absolutely. That's why I'm saying, like, yeah. I'm not saying this is government cover-up as as in, like, tested nuclear weapons. Aliens not, were there. Yeah. But government cover-up on the fact that people were nasty and the government was going to back the people in its, like, registered country, mm-hmm. not the indigenous people that didn't have social security numbers. Sure. Yep, there you have it. Yeah, that's my opinion. That's my opinion, too. Okay. Well, with that being said... You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TTIS Podcast. You can email us at the truth is somewhere podcast at gmail.com. If you support the podcast and you want to help us out, you can leave us a rating or review on over on iTunes. That really does help people find the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pass by word of mouth, because that's a thing, and it's really helpful. Um, and you can also find us on Patreon, also TTIS pod- Podcast on Patreon. You can get uh, videos over there of every single podcast. Well, most podcasts. No, pos- we've, most we've, podcasts. We've Not had every. a little bit of technical difficulties. Which and is we don't also go all the way Patreon. back to the beginning anyways. No, but you can you can find videos of this podcast going forward, and those, hint, hint, are a little less edited, so you're going to get a little bit more of the joking if that's what you're here for. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that covers us. Yeah, you can find us wherever podcasts are. Yep, that's Bye. the truth. It's somewhere. <laughs>